From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Statistics vary, but some say as many as half of marriages in the U.S. will end in divorce. The turmoil created when people who loved each other split is magnified when children are involved. With me today is Carrie O'Hara, a doctoral candidate doing an internship in clinical psychology at Upstate. Thank you for taking the time to be here and talk about this. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So how do you study and uh, understand the impact of parental divorce on children? Um, that's a really great question. It's, this is a topic that's been studied for um, several decades now. And so I think our approaches have changed a little bit over time, clearly. Um, but in terms of the theoretical frameworks that really underlie all of that research, I think that has also varied over time and um, you know, gotten more succinct. But generally speaking, um, we sort of understand the process of divorce on kids from a general stress perspective, how stressful it is for them. Um, So there's one particular framework um, that uh, has a very descriptive title, which is called Divorce Stress Adjustment Model. Um, And that just really means that we view divorce, um, particularly when we're thinking about the impact on kids, as really a process as opposed to an event um, that that often creates, I would say, pretty unavoidable stress on families, even if it's temporary or even if it is accompanied by some positive aspects. Um, But it really um, depends on the extent to which those stressors that come along with those changes for a family um, overwhelm a child's capacity to cope. Now, when you say child, um, different ages must respond differently to... A divorce. Or yeah, is there a- um, that's that's a really good question, and I think the the research is pretty nuanced on that. Um, it depends a lot on what you're looking at, what kind of outcomes you're looking at. So if you think about the developmental tasks for kids, um, that's going to at different ages. You know, like for instance, if a if you've got a teenager and they have to uh, switch schools or they're switching, you know, sports teams or groups of friends, that might be, have a more impact on their social functioning for instance, um, compared to a younger child where maybe peer groups aren't quite as important developmentally. Okay, Um, but each age will have different issues. I think so, yeah. I think there's different different impacts depending on the age. Younger kids, um, so maybe, you know, five, six years old, just developmentally they tend to be more... um, I guess egocentric, where they kind of see everything as impacting them uh, themselves, and so they might be more likely to uh, think about the divorce as their fault. They might be blaming themselves more. They may not have the cognitive capacities to think about all the different factors that might have been involved. They just sort of jump to the conclusion that oh, it must be my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it just depends on on development and and what kids are working on at different ages. So you've mentioned some, but what are what are some more problems that children of divorce typically experience during the divorce and after? Mm-hmm. Um, so that I guess I think is a complex question because it really cuts across areas of functioning. So divorce is particularly uh, the impact of divorce on kids is one of the things that I find interesting to study, um, but it also is complex because it's not like we're looking at one particular disorder, um, like depression or anxiety. These kids tend to have, the kids who do have maladjustment problems, um, it tends to cut across areas of their life. Um, So problems at home, problems at school, with friends. um, It's one of those things that uh, manifests itself in lots of different ways. And for long-term? 
Um, for most kids, the good news, I think the really good news that often gets lost um, when we're talking about this particular topic is that by and large, most kids are very resilient. Um, so the best estimates that we have from the literature are that usually um, right around about a quarter of kids, maybe 25% to 30% of kids tend to have long-term problems. And again, when I say problems, I use that term because it's an umbrella term. We, they're they're going to have different types of problems depending on their life circumstances. Um, so the the overwhelming majority of kids are very resilient and they, and they do really well. Um, but for those kids that do have problems after, um, you know, we're looking at not a not a small group, but but definitely the minority. Okay. Well, um, interventions are often recommended for families experiencing divorce. Why do you think that's important? Yeah. Um, you know, this is a, a topic that's been studied for, as I said, lots of decades. And I think what it comes down to is that we have pretty reliable and consistent evidence now that there is a small, you know, albeit small, but a, a subset of kids who do go on to have problems functioning after. Um, and so I think the the risk, you know, we think about it as a risk factor. It certainly doesn't determine um, that kids are going to have issues. But if you think about it as a risk factor, that's pretty well established. Um, and then just the prevalence. I mean, as you mentioned in your intro, um, you know, about 50% of divorces, give or take, depending on the statistics, um, end in divorce. And so that translates to lots of kids having this experience during childhood. So interventions could be... Um counselors, psychologists, visits, group therapy, yeah, a, yeah. a variety of things. A variety of things, yep. Um, across the country, there's been lots of different things um, implemented um, from, you know, you've ha- you have uh, support groups at, in schools these days. Um, oftentimes when parents go through the court system to um, settle their divorce, in many jurisdictions they're mandated to go to programs that tell them about the impact of divorce. Um, and then there are, there are psychologists that, um, that work with these families. I think from my perspective, um, what a lot of the work that I'm trying to do is more from a prevention standpoint. If we think about divorce as a risk factor, then perhaps we should have more, um, you know, programs that are available for families to, to, uh, take advantage of as they're going through the process to try to mitigate some of those outcomes. For so kids. families, parents, and children yep. t- together or separately? Often separately. Um, so the the programs that have some sup- empirical support that I'm familiar with um, are usually separate. So there's parenting, um, you know, focused programs, and then there's youth focused programs. Okay. So what are uh, what are the things, sort of the main ingredients that you think are f- are the most effective for parent level mm-hmm. interventions? So one of the most, a, a couple of things. I think a a really important thing when it comes to intervening at a parent level is that we know effective parenting is one of the mo- the biggest protective factors for kids. So often what, hap- what often what can happen during a divorce is that parents um, sometimes become more lax on their discipline. Um, like if they feel guilty, for instance, they might be giving in to the kids more, not keeping rules up, not having that structure that is really important for kids. Um, and then they also may not be as available to be responsive to their kids and be warm and, and be there for them emotionally because, you know, they're dealing with their own um, struggles. And so 
the, I'd say the main ingredients of the empirically supported programs that we have now uh, really focus in on, on positive parenting. So both warmth um, and, and discipline, um, you know, effective discipline practices. And then the other piece of that is the parent-child relationship is so important. Um, that can be a real big buffer for kids, any stressful life event, but this one not excluded. Um, so are these are parenting, do they do both spouses go together? Because I mean, if you're talking about two people who are splitting up and maybe can't stand to be near each other, yes. and you're trying to get them on the same page right. with how to raise their child or be, you know, do what's best for their child. Yeah, that's gonna be a challenge. Yes, it is. That's a great question. So um, the other piece that is um, incredibly important is really to reduce conflict between parents. Um, that's actually one of their most robust predictors of maladjustment for kids is conflict. Um, and so for that reason, often, um, as you say, it's better to have them separated. Um, parents can do a lot on their own, and if they can't figure out how to um, you know, be civil with one another, then we might a lot of times people recommend what we call parallel parenting where they're, um, you know, being respectful for one to one another and not speaking poorly about each other to the kids, but they're, you know, doing their own thing and being effective on their own. Okay. All right. This is Upstate's Health Link on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Carrie O'Hara, a doctoral candidate doing her internship in clinical psychology at Upstate about divorce and the impact on children. So is there ever a time when parents should stay together for the sake of the children, because we've heard this from time to time. Yes, it's the age-old question. Should we stay together for the kids? Yeah. Will Um, that save the marriage? Yeah, well, so I think um, oftentimes when I've heard this, when I've had this question posed, it's it's more about, you know, worries that this will be really detrimental for the kids, that divorce is so stressful and that they don't want to um, hurt their children. And I would say that, you know, that is a really popular belief. Um, But as many things in psychology, uh, the answer is it depends. Mm -hmm. And it really depends on what I just mentioned a few moments ago, which is conflict. Um, I think to simplify something that's pretty complex, one of the things that I always kind of rely on is thinking about conflict for families. Um, that if parents, you know, if it's if the conflict is going to reduce between the parents, if it's a conflictual marriage and the conflict is going to reduce by them living separately, um, then by all means, I think that's that's better for the that can be better for the children actually. Um, you know, if if conflict's going to continue um, or even get worse as they argue about things like money and visitation, you know, in the courtroom or outside of the courtroom, um, then I would say that it's probably better to, you know, stay together, pool resources, um, not, you know, mitigate some of those, um, you know, extra stressors like having to switch schools and move and those sorts of things for kids. Okay. Well, what about... um... Is there anything that you can recommend for friends or family members to to do to help a family that's going through a divorce? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think, again, going back to where we started in terms of the model of thinking about divorce as a really stressful life event for families, um, some of the same um, practices can be helpful, like being supportive, you know, listening, um, really not encouraging bashing of one parent in front of the children that's very stressful for kids and confusing um so I would say yeah I think being there listening having a place where parents can um you know let let go of some of their own stresses while protecting their kids from that to other adults 
Um, and then just really supporting the family and supporting the kids, letting the kids know that, um, you know, everybody supports their relationship with both parents because having a child that has to choose between parents is one of the That's biggest sort of the goal, predicaments. It's to be able to get through this so that the child still has a relationship, positive relationship with both. Absolutely. So, yes. Okay. Have you um, seen examples of families that have split up and then the children have thrived and gone on and done well? Do you see that often? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, um, again, it kind of comes down to divorce itself is not harmful for kids. It's really about how parents go about navigating um, the divorce that can potentially pose risk for kids. Um, so as I said before, if, you know, if conflict actually goes down, if two parents are able to get along better and have more of a business relationship and, you know, be nice to one another and, um, when they're not married, then, and show kids that you can, you know, be separated from somebody, but still be respectful and resolve conflict and those sorts of things, then I think that that can actually be pretty healthy for kids. If, uh, a couple is planning to split up, at what point should they tell the kids Mm. Um, should the kids come home and it's already happened, one of them's moved out, or should the kids be part of that before yeah. before it happens? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's a, it's a tricky balance, and it's something that a lot of parents fret about because, you know, on one hand, you, you don't want to tell kids all the nitty-gritty details. They don't need to know um, all of that. That can be overwhelming and stressful. But on the other hand, it's their life, and so they deserve to know the truth. And so I guess um, what I would say is a developmentally appropriate truth um, and and not lying to kids because kids are very perceptive. Um, parents often think that they, you know, fight behind closed doors and kids don't know what's going on and nine times out of ten that's just not true. Um, and so I would say being upfront and honest with kids without overwhelming them with, with um, details that is, that are not developmentally appropriate. That they don't need. Yeah. Okay. Well, interesting. Well, thank you for being here. I appreciate you taking the time to come talk about this. Absolutely. Um, my guest has been psychology doctoral candidate Carrie O'Hara. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.